Welcome to the Panjiva Daily. We bring you data-driven insights into global trade events and a review of our recent research. I'm Chris Rogers, Panjiva's trade analyst, and here's what's on for June the 22nd. President Trump will hold meetings with Prime Minister Modi of India and President Moon of South Korea, and we take a look at what's at stake. Also, we unpick Ambassador Lighthizer's comments on NAFTA timing and take a look at the potential Costco Orient Overseas deal. Before we get started, I want to remind you that this will be the last week for the podcast in its current format. If you want to keep getting the information covered, you'll be able to get it through the Panjiva daily email. Just drop me a line via chris at Panjiva and let me know. Let's get started with trade policy. US Trade Representative Lighthizer has stated that there are no artificial deadlines, his quote, in NAFTA negotiations. One timing constraint is that changes to US law needed for a new NAFTA deal have to be notified to the House Ways and Means Committee 180 days, six months, before a deal is signed. That requires a completion to negotiations by year-end if signing is to occur before the Mexican elections in July. Doing so is only referred to as Lighthizer as being beneficial. And in fact, should a total stalemate occur, alternative actions are possible. Those could include a unilateral withdrawal from NAFTA, which the US president can invoke with just six months notice. To do so before the US midterm elections would require the so-called Article 2205 to be triggered by early May. Of course, all these comments could just be pre-negotiation tactics. Looking ahead, but staying with US trade policy, President Donald Trump will likely face two controversial heads of state visits in the coming week with the leaders of India and South Korea. The US has a trade deficit of $24 billion with South Korea and $23 billion with India. That's around 6% of the total US deficit. Cutting that is central to the president's trade doctrine. The meeting with Prime Minister Modi of India on June 26th will likely focus on immigration issues. However, a 100-day trade promotion programme like that with China is possible. Our analysis of the top 500 US export lines suggests there are no easy wins in areas like energy or agriculture with India as occurred with China. However, improved market access rules for autos, smartphones and non-generic pharmaceuticals could lead to higher US exports. The meeting with President Moon of South Korea on June 29th may focus on the potential for a renegotiation of the Corus trade deal. In that regard, the US deficit is 1.8 times larger now than it was before the deal took effect in 2012, which was five years after its signing in 2007. Moving on now to logistics, there are three items to watch, starting with M&A. The prospect of a takeover of Orient overseas by Costco shipping has been raised for the second time this year. The logic for a deal, though, doesn't appear to be that clear. The two have a similar mix of existing routes, with Costco being less exposed to Trans-Pacific trade and more to Intra-Asia trade. The combined entity would be number three globally, but would face significant antitrust issues, as just been seen by the merger of the three Japanese shippers in South Africa that I talked about yesterday. An assessment, though, would be trade lane-specific. For example, the combined group would have a 10% share of Asia to US West Coast traffic. Orient Overseas also trades at a premium valuation. 
Its ratio of enterprise value, so net debt plus market capitalization, compared to sales is 1.21 times currently. And that compares to 1.06 times for Costco shipping and 1.01 times for the container lines on average. Second, looking at the ports, container handling through South Carolina's parts, ports including Charleston increased by just 3% on a year earlier in May. That was the eighth straight month of growth, but it was the slowest rate for that period. Export growth outstripped imports, while empty container handling was unchanged. That's a marked contrast to what we've seen from the ports in Georgia, Virginia and California recently. They all saw imports outstrip exports and a marked jump in empty container handling. The South Carolina Ports Authority have also budgeted for 6% growth in the fiscal year to June 2018. In the past 12 months, the increase has been 8%. Also in ports news, the port of Wilmington, North Carolina, should be due a return to growth after its fourth new service provided by Zim on Asia-US routes was launched. It had previously lost Zim's service when the dissolution of the CKYHE alliance occurred earlier this year. That resulted in a one-third drop in handling in the 12 months to May 31st, our data shows. Its larger regional competitors have pulled ahead in the meantime, with Charleston expanding by 8% and Norfolk by 11%. Shifting gears now to economics, Thailand's exports bounced by 13% in May, which was the fastest rate since January of 2013 and well above economists' expectations. However, exports lagged imports, which expanded by nearly a fifth. That's a pattern we've seen across Asia, including India, China and South Korea. The export growth may not prove sustainable. In part, it's driven by volatile agricultural goods including rubber, which jumped by nearly three-fifths. Future problems may also lie with the electronics and electricals exports, which rose by nearly a quarter and nearly 15% respectively. Regulatory reviews in the US, where export growth has been led by home appliances, may lead to higher tariffs or broader restrictions on Thai exports in the coming months. Finally, we've published our proprietary monthly review of phone network equipment, which is part of our broader series on US electronics imports. US imports of phone network equipment climbed for a 40th straight month in April. The 15% expansion was led by Chinese suppliers and likely continued into May. The continued growth is likely driving Ericsson to focus on its network business, and it's been reported in the past few days to be divesting its other business areas. However, the branded equipment suppliers are missing out. Ericsson's US imports fell 2% in the past quarter, as smaller non-branded operators gained market share. That can be seen in total Chinese exports, which increased by 10%. There, Huawei lost out to Quanta, which took an 8% market share from zero in 2014, and ZTE, which experienced a 30% jump. That's it for today. If you'd like to find out more about Panjiva Research, head over to our homepage at panjiva.com. Thank you very much for listening. 